I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live. It's a big match preview here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio so far... Tom Wallin, how are you doing, Tom? So far, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. I'm good, yeah, thank you. Right, yeah, yeah uh, not bad. Yeah, no sign of Nath. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> we're not, we're not I'm not sure where he is. We were expecting him, but uh, he, he probably stuck at work or uh, stuck on a tube or in the pub. Yeah, which, most which, most likely. Yeah, most likely in the pub. Right, so on tonight, I'm going to the back at uh, Tuesday's FA Cup second round exit at the hands of Milton Keynesdon. The first time we've been knocked out of the FA Cup in the second round since 1974. Which is a weird stat. I mean, it sounds it sort of sounds like oh, we've we've fallen into new debts. But the real reality is we've only actually played in the second round three or four times in that time. Uh, we did normally get through to the uh, to the third round. Unfortunately, we got knocked out in the first round in two thousand eight. I think it was by Northwich, as everyone remembers. But oh, second, yeah. yeah, normally if we if we got over that hurdle of the first round, normally we'd make it. <coughs> excuse me, make it to the third round. But it didn't happen. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to hear from uh, Carl Robinson after that game. We're also going to hear from him. Uh, looking forward to Saturday's game with Peterborough which of course we're going to preview we're also going to talk about uh, a wonderful gesture made by uh, skipper Johnny Jackson who uh, uh, just proved uh, once again how much of a legend he is during the week uh, we're going to talk about the Kent Senior Cup game the Addicts progressing through to the semi-finals after beating Margate yesterday Steve Brown's Margate uh, and uh, like I said we're going to look ahead to the Peterborough game our Cholton connection with the posh this week Phil Chappell Phil Chappell went on to play for Peterborough after leaving the Valley Um uh, he was also a scout here, as, as of course, as many people remember, up until the last few years when he got overtaken by big old Tommy Dryson. Uh, so we'll talk about Phil Chappell as well. So if you've got any memories of Phil Chappell, get him in studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive. Let us know what you remember about Phil Chappell, because I don't remember a great deal, though, if I'm being honest, so I'm going to need your help on that one. Uh, but right, Tuesday night, uh, FA Cup game. We'll hear the highlights in, in a few moments' time, Tom. But, um, you know, we went out. It was a much-changed team. What do we learn from that game? I guess is the question. Um, I think we learned that we've got a lot of youth players who've got some promise. I don't know whether that's necessarily learned or whether that's you know to be expected with the players that we've had come through in the last few years. Um, I think we actually played okay, uh, and it was down to really the clinical finishing that, that cost us. You know, one mistake for the first goal, um, and then two quick goals in extra time. Uh, sandwiched in between them was a chance I think or was, might have even been before the second goal of MK Dons where we could have scored yeah. as well and didn't take our chance and we yeah. I mean, we had those we had big chances at the end of 90 minutes as well yeah we? but like, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's listen to the highlights first uh, bit of a, a, a Charlton Life triumph the highlights because <laughs> it was uh, the big match preview duo of Tom Wallin and the invisible Nathan Miller who were doing the, uh, doing the, the highlights let's have a listen back to how Tom and Nathan got on uh, on CFC Player HD on Tuesday evening saved by Phillips who bowls it out to Teixeira and now Chickson back to Konza and Konza plays it to Joe Aribo who's come very deep just on the edge of the penalty area and he comes right to Teixeira who goes forward to Lookman Lookman back to Aribo Aribo's lost the ball there to Potter and Potter's played through and MK Dons are ahead and it's Daniel Powell 
and it's come from Joe Aribo's mistake. Charlton were passing it around nicely around the back. Lookman played it back to Aribo, who was still on the edge of the area. He tried to play it forward. It was intercepted by Potter, who slid it in, and Daniel Powell broke into the, uh, the chart penalty area. One-on-one -on -one with Phillips, and there was nothing Phillips could do, and MK Dons are 1-0 up. Yeah, it's disappointing. Ball and Joe, you can see Joe's gutted with himself there, but, you know, he needs to keep his chin up there. You know, he's, he's made a mistake. He's, about, he's got to make this game himself now and learn from that mistake. You know, he's still young, and he's going to make mistakes, but it's how he bounces back now, and uh, mostly we can try and get in the game. So we, we started well. You know, we need, we need to keep his chin up, just like Cole was saying. Keep your head up. Taka over the halfway line, far far side. He's got two players on him and he's got Potter for company as well, but chooses to go out to Adam Chickson. Chickson on the left-hand side up against Bulldog. Can't quite beat him, so cuts back inside. Oh, and fine, it's a goal. It's a, it's a great goal. I don't know if he meant it or not, but Adam Chickson, uh, he tried to get down the left-hand side. Mm. He couldn't couldn't get down to cross it in, so cut in onto his unfavoured right-hand foot. Uh, right foot. A sort of scuff shot, really, and it's crept in the far post. And Lee Nichols will be disappointed there as Ch uh, Chickson has brought the addicts back level. Yeah, it reminded me of the goal he scored against Bristol Rovers when he's cut inside. And I don't think a lot of people was expecting him to shoot again. And he's literally just got his foot around it and he's been right round. And like you said, I think they took the goalie by surprise, as well as all of us, it seems. But it's obviously Charlton back on level terms. He plays it inside, and that swung forward looking for uh, Williams. But uh, it's cut out by Charlton, and they're able to come forward through a rebo who goes out to Morgan Fox. Lookman calling for it and gets it, and he's found some space and breaks into the area and fires oh, it left-footed. It's a good save by Nichols, but it's still bobbling around the area and eventually cleared by Milton Keynes. Gives it to Adam Ola oh. Lookman, who turns Potter well. Referee chooses to play advantage because he was clipped. Gives it into Nikia Jose in the edge of the area. He's cut he's... back inside his player. Knocks oh. it forward. Oh. Great oh. save from Lee Nichols, the back foot. Oh, oh that's Charm's best Unlucky. chance of this half. Unlucky. It broke forward through to Nikia Jose. He checked back inside on his right foot and his uh, defender, Jack Hendry, was gone. He clipped it in. He tried to steer it into the far post, but I think it just clipped Nichols, the goalkeeper's trailing leg. It bounced back out to Bataka, but his shot was nowhere near good enough. Uh, but as I say, best chance for Charlton, and he's come right at the end as the fourth official announces four minutes of added time. Yeah, great little cutback. For, used, no, Jose used his left foot to cut back inside on his favoured foot to try and slow it past, but another great save by the pot by the goalie and that is the final whistle and we are going to have extra time and Bodic is able to get on it and knocks it inside to Colclough who's in the centre circle he tries to spread it back over onto that far side to Agard who manages to control it he's got Johnson in front of him but he attacks the Charlton penalty area and gets away from Agard and finds Reeve on the edge of the area much more central fires in a shot and it's an absolutely incredible goal from Reeve the substitute Ben Reeves who's come on and been impressive to be honest since he came on he got the ball, it was good work originally from Agard to get away from Roger Johnson. He knocked it back inside to Ben Reeves, who was on the edge of the penalty area. He spun the central defender, which must have been to Scherer, and fired a left-footed shot first time into the uh, Dylan Phillips' right-hand post, and MK Dons have restored their one-goal lead. Yeah, with Roger Johnson jockeying, uh, jockeying, him, jockeying him down. Let's just look at it back on the screen now. Jockeying him, great finish. Great strike by Ben Reeves. Great strike from him, but disappointing from Charlton. Did usher him out of play, was waiting for Fox to come and tuck back in, but great, you can't fault the shot. Unstoppable. So it's going to be Adam Ola-Lookman to drift this in again right-footed. We saw a free kick right at the end of normal time. It was oh. good, and he gets it in, and it's bounced around. Oh. Oh. It was an incredible oh. ball in again from Lookman. I think Nichols came out and punched it, but punched it against one of his own players. In the meantime, Teixeira and Chickson are broken forward. It came off Scherer and was about to bounce wide, uh, and a Jose outstretched tried to nod it inside the post and couldn't quite do it, and it remains 2 1.
Oh. And in the meantime, Bodic has now broken through, and that's game over, surely. Yeah. A very fast counter-attack right up the other end from Milton Keynes-Dons. It was slotted through to Bodic, who got between the centre-backs, Roger Johnson and George Teixeira. And again, one-on-one -on -one with Dylan Phillips, and makes no mistake, and arguably that one of their deadliest strikers, Dean Bodic, has now put, uh, put Milton Keynes-Dons 3-1 up and surely put this game out of sight for Charlton. Yeah, I mean, it looks the Charlton fans filtering out now, but we had to we had to take the risk, we had to take the gamble, and it was the, otherwise there was no point contesting it if you're not going to try and gamble. Um, which that that chance, that a whole different story if that went in. But counter attack, Dean Bowditch in absolute acres, and he's slotted it home like he can, and game over. When you look at it like that, maybe it hasn't been so bad, but the truth is that we're going to lose. And there's the final whistle, and Milton Keynes-Dons have won this game 3-1. <laughs> So we have the highlights of uh, Tuesday's FA Cup second round replay extra time defeat to Milton Keynes Dons brought to you by Tom and, and Nathan. Um, good, good commentary, but a uh, bad, bad result. That's the same for any time I commentate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. well, I don't know about the good commentary, but certainly the bad result. But yeah, uh, yeah they want to stop asking me. Yeah, um, we, we try and look at the performance. I mean, changes were made. We knew about this illness we had. We knew that uh, Carl had said on, on the Saturday that he wanted to give Joe Rebo some minutes. Uh, we saw uh, it was Hanlon starting as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah Hanlon starting as well. So, so we saw a couple of youngsters starting. We saw a bit of experience in there as well to share a starting. Um, so it, it was a change side. I mean, I think if you try and look at the, the ninety minutes, I thought I didn't think we looked that bad. I thought we we had some good chances. We, we could have put it to bed in that ninety minutes. You know, on the when, when it gets to the extra time, that's that's when we were hit by those two sucker punches. But it's it, it's it's not the performance. It's not a performance. People are going to go around and go, oh dear, look at that. We've not at all. Go. Not at all. I think. Um, when you look on the balance of play, I think I don't know whether we were necessarily the better team over the full ninety minutes, but we certainly had our chances, and we we definitely matched them. I, I can't think of too much Phillips had to do. There was that one shot, I think, in the second half that he sort of palmed over for a corner. Um, but apart from that, it was mainly crosses, but they were being dealt with well enough by our defenders. Um, yeah, it was just like I say, it was just those clinical finishes at the end. Really, there was uh, one always a fair result over the ninety minutes, and. In that extra time, you know, we could have sneaked it just as well as they did. So 3-1 looks like a harsh scoreline, but I think when you factor in the fact there's those youngsters in there, we had to deal with the Novak injury early in the first half. We had, obviously, Pierce and Bauer both missing, you know, a few changes. That first goal, as I say, comes from a, a poor mistake from Aribo. And when you when you look at it that way, it, it's not as bad as the scoreline suggests. Yeah, I, think. I, thought, I thought we had started in that first mm. five minutes on the front foot I mean we had a shot from Lookman after 13, first minute. Yeah, 13 seconds he, he put, played it just wide and then we see you know we're, we're looking quite comfortable and then we're because we're enjoying a bit of possession down the back that's when Joe Rebo is making his full debut in a proper competition I think he got, he's got some minutes in, mm. in the checker trade I think yeah he um, did against Crawley yeah, but, um, so, so, and, and then he, he makes that mistake and you know we're, we're dilly dallying around the back he tries to play it out gets dispossessed by uh, was it Powell you played it into Potter or was it was Potter yeah, Potter, Potter, Potter Powell, you played yeah. it into Powell and then we, we go 1-0 down and then and then obviously I mean that's a mistake there's, there's no getting around that but then it's how you react to it mm. uh, and um, Carl says it himself in his interview which we'll hear a bit later on in the show but I thought Arrivo reacted really well to it and that, and that is the, the mark of a uh, you know a confident young man definitely and I, I won't go as far as, as Carl did in his kind of praise for, for the incident but um I agree, and, and we said it in commentary. We said, right, it's you know that's happened now. There's nothing he can do about it. Let's see how he bounces back. And you know he was still doing nice little turns. He was taking the ball. He was making every opportunity to get himself in space. You know, I think it's easy, particularly in central midfield, to just kind of 
shuffle up to one of the opposition players and act like there's no space for you and therefore you can't get the ball. But he didn't do that. You know, he fronted up. He Carl immediately when the goal went in stood at the touchline and sort of tapped his hand under his chin and said, you know, chin up, keep going, don't worry about it. And I thought Aribo, aside from that, played pretty well for yeah. someone so young. He nearly, he nearly scored himself, really. We had that sort of uh, that uh, mm. Cruyff turn in, in midway through the Milton Keynes half and then went for a chip towards the far post mm. and just sort of went over. And that, so you know, that that is confidence, that, and then that is. You know, like you say, the, the way you react to it is almost as important. And that's why, again, Carl says it. But I was really, I was really annoyed that Carl said it in his first answer. Yeah. That was going to be my really good question. But um, the, the way you react to a mistake, it's important to get. I mean, you're every every player is going to make a mistake, and it's important. I mean, we saw it last last couple of years. You think of players who had made mistakes and then taken ages to recover, mm. like Nicky Pope in goal. Yeah, great example. It took him ages to recover when he did turned into a great goalkeeper mm. uh, the, the way that Aribo tried to recover straight away and that, that, that can only, only bode well really definitely and I think uh, you look at someone like Konza as well people are talking <laughs> about him as poten- having the potential to be even better than Joe Gomez and I think I uh, don't know whether any of his mistakes that I can remember off the top of my head led immediately to goals but he was certainly early on when he was getting games he was a little bit dodgy at the back and giving the ball away on the edge of the area and stuff and he's come on and leaps and bounds and recovered from those mistakes and Aribo did the same and yeah I think maybe I don't know having Johnny Jackson or or Novak or those players with experience around him helped because they were quick to go over to him and, and help him but you know, ultimately he did that by himself, and he took it took it upon himself to get the ball again. And, and like you say, that little Cruyff turn and the chip and those sort of moves that he was doing showed that he hadn't lost his confidence, and that's important. Now, I felt the wind was not tight of our sails a bit after that first goal. Where we had started pretty brightly as soon as that goal went, I think MK mm. started to look a lot more comfortable, and it took us a while to start getting some chances when they finally came with uh, the Chicksonator uh, over on that left hand side, cuts onto his right foot again, just like his goal at Bristol Rovers this time. It was, I think it was a shot, I mean, but, but it completely caught everyone off guard, really, didn't it? And including the goalkeeper, it seemed, it just crept in at that far post. And yeah. uh, what, what did you make of, uh, of Adam Chickson's performance? A lot of people saying he, he should be, and I think rightly, maybe even pushing Morgan now, because we know Morgan's had a difficult time of it at times. He, he was, for me, he was our best player on Tuesday night. Uh, might not say much from a 3-1 defeat, but I thought he played really well. Um, like Morgan Fox, I know he was sort of deployed in, in a more attacking left side anyway, but... I haven't personally. I haven't seen him in games where he's played as a more defensive player. Um, so I'd want to see that side of him. But certainly, as a where he played out on the wing on on Tuesday, I thought he was really exciting. He looked lively. He was constantly in space. And the times where he didn't create, it wasn't his fault. It was the fact that people weren't passing to him because he had loads of space out on that side when the the fullbacks, uh, can't remember Bulldog and somebody were were pushing up. Um, but yeah, I thought he played really well, and the goal it caught me by surprise as well. Um, I've seen the highlights back, and it definitely does look like a shot. But at the time, I just wasn't really sure what had happened. It was a great cut in, and to choose to hit it on the weaker foot and, and beat the keeper like that, he'll obviously be pleased. And like you say, it gives him a bit of momentum now, and to push Morgan Fox. Mm. Uh, I think we saw Coldclough had a decent effort on the chip, sort of on the turn, but that was that was really it for the first half. Uh, second half, we had two or three big chances. Um, Adamola Lookman played in down the wing. I mean, we had two one on ones that we missed. Lookman sort of midway through the half played mm. in uh, straight at the keeper, and then right just as the clock ticked over ninety, we saw um, uh, it was a Jose was played through by Lookman, cutting onto his right foot, played it again straight at the goalkeeper. Well, the keeper made a decent save there, but I mean, there were two huge chances to win it. I think in terms of clear cut chances, I think I felt we were very very comfortable defensively in the second half. But going forward, we had those two or three chances where we could nick it. Definitely, and I, uh, that's what I said earlier as well. I think. When you look back in terms of clear-cut chances over the 90 minutes, I think we had more than they did. I don't really remember Phillips having too much to do, but 
those two in particular were our best chances. I thought that one with the Jose, I'm surprised he didn't score. I don't put it down to lack of composure or anything like that. It was a, a good save, but just one of those things. And we get that and it's a different game. We're into the third round. And, and as it was, you know, as I say, we, we lost by two goals. And the scoreline's harsh, especially on those young players, because we, we didn't deserve that really. And But at the same time, if you don't take your chances, then you leave yourself exposed or the risk of conceding. And that's obviously what then happened. Now, with, with a Jose, I mean, that's something that I guess people talk about. He's, he's gone through spells, really. He scored those two goals at Walsall, then didn't score for a while. Mm. Then last, he, he's got a few in the last few weeks. Isn't he got one at uh, Bristol Rovers, he's got one at home to Port Vale. Port Vale, yeah. Um, it, it's, with strikers, you need to be on a little run. So, really, you, d- you don't want to miss too many chances like that just to lose your run that you're on. And is, is that, what do you reckon, lack of confidence at the moment is it, is it just is it just about a good save that time and he'll, he'll be back in the next game it's only, it's only two or three games since mm. he's scored so it's not exactly, he's not exactly on, on a bit of a, a drought is he it's, no. it's only two or three I I don't know him obviously but he doesn't strike me as someone who particularly lacks confidence no not, not at all um, to him. Very right okay yeah so that doesn't surprise me I think one of the difficulties he has is you know the change in formations the change in manager I think he's a striker that th- thrives off being off the edge of that last man and, and poaching goals in, in around the area and I don't think at the moment we're really playing that style I think obviously McGuinness has had come in and had such a huge impact that he's the first name on the sort of attacking side of the team sheet and I don't know whether Carl will but certainly Russell was tending to build his play around him and then a Jose kind of has to fit into that mm. I think if a Jose had started the season score five in six or something like that you'd be saying right we build the team around a Jose but at the moment he seems a bit more like a like a sort of supplement striker if you like so I think it's it's just about trying to find out exactly where he fits in and, and as you say then giving him some minutes because when he's had a few games in, uh, in a row recently he's actually been alright and got some goals and as I say, I put Tuesday night just down to to a good save, and that's all. So, now, ten minutes from the end, uh, tweeted out tweeted out one of us. We, we'd already made two subs before that. Fox had come on for the injured Novak, sort of uh, towards the end of the first half. Uh, I think he's gone for a scan today. Uh, a Jose came off for Hanlon, seventy three minutes. Now eighty minutes. Uh, the skipper Johnny Jackson went off, and uh, Roger Johnson came on. Now, as, as, soon, as soon as I tweeted out that sub had been made, <laughs> I noticed the club's replies as well. Just everyone booing me in my Twitter account, mm. uh, and then then I mean. For me, yes, he won. He won a header from a corner, powered it away. Uh, Twice, blocked, I think. Blocked, yeah, blocked another cross that came in, powered that away. Um, so uh, Nathan's just texted us saying he's going to be late, just in a meeting. It's pointless coming now, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, so, but uh, but I was listening back to your commentary. And I think, did you think he was a, was he at fault for a goal or something, or did you thought he was a bit rusty when he came on? Uh, rusty's the right word. Yeah, I think I was I was quite critical of him in the commentary. Um, but yeah, I think maybe Rusty would be slight if we're going to be fair to him, and obviously some people don't want to be, I think Rusty's the right word. I felt with the Reeves goal, and I'm not going to take anything away from Reeves himself because that was a, a cracking finish, but uh, I think it was maybe Anike, I can't remember exactly, uh, who had it down the, the right-hand side, and he just kept dropping back and he didn't stand his ground, and that allowed him to just run in and run in and allowed Reeves to catch up with play, and that disappointed me. But But as you say, there are a couple, two or three corners that he cleared well, and... Look, we saw when he first came in last time what what a presence he can be, and I think it's one of those things where their actions, if if they really happened at Berry, have just was it Berry that it happened? Yeah, it's Berry. Yeah, and it, yeah. yeah it I, think, I remember speaking to Russell about it after right. so he confirmed it happened. But. Okay, and I think that's just 
one of those things, particularly in the environment, the club and the fans and the relationship between them at the moment. That's yeah. something that fans just aren't going to forget. Yeah. I think he played okay, but uh, it's difficult to, to kind of stick up for him after that. But yeah, yeah. rusty is the word I would have used on yeah. Tuesday. Okay, and like I said, we saw that, that Ben Reeves going. I remember Ben Reeves being excellent in the first leg mm. here at the Valley. Uh, he came on as a sub at half time and uh well, just after half time sorry and then um yeah hit that goal he scored three minutes into the the extra time was a uh, standing off if we were which i mean he sort of turned right on the edge of the box and maybe standing off a bit but it was a cracking strike into the into the top corner that there was no way that Dylan was going to get anywhere near that one no, and then um, but then we had that huge chance free kick played into the middle the keeper comes out punches it against Teixeira Teixeira yeah, yeah, yeah I wasn't sure yeah and then um, and then it looks like a Jose is going to be able to tap it home but just can't quite stretch and mm. then 45 seconds later is the, is the third yeah it's one of those I've watched it back a couple of times actually it reminds me of that Gaza one from Euro 96 where is it Shearer throws himself in or is it Gaza that that's on the edge of the, yeah Gaza's yeah, thrown himself in to and try just and can't there. reach it and it was like that with a Jose you know it just he just needed those, that little bit longer legs to be able to to poke it in but couldn't quite do it and as you say I think in the commentary Nathan and I were still talking about that when they went straight up the other end and and scored and as you say, that just killed it, and I come back to what I said, you know, at the start of the show. It was down to clinical finishing. You know, they went straight up the other end. It was a great through ball from Upson, and Bodic, he's not going to miss from within uh, inside the fifteen yard box, is he? And slotted yeah. it home. And you say about Phillips for the second one. I don't think there's a lot he could have done for any of the goals really. Yeah. And Robinson's been full of praise of over him over the last few weeks, and I don't think you can take anything away from him really in that game. It was just. Just one of those days. So there we go, out of the cup in the FA Cup second round for the first time since 1974. We heard the highlights earlier and Marion said it's good to hear this round up uh, as she could only get their guys, which would have been the BBC Three Counties mm. guys, who we managed to annoy on more than one occasion because uh, <laughs> we, we, we were setting up, We were I was helping Tom and Nate set up their, uh, the box for CFC player and we, I was talking quite loudly just trying to explain to Tom, this is this goes in here, This is, you press this button and didn't realise that the Three uh, Counties radio were already broadcasting right behind us so I was being loud and we were all being loud and he had to go at us and then I sort of felt really bad about it and then completely forgot about it by full time and I come up to Tom and say this is how you take it away and he was still there and I was like oh god sorry yeah I so, don't think he liked us did yeah, he so we annoyed them but Marion also says she likes the Santa hat on the Charlton Live logo which you can see on our Twitter page I'll put it up on the Facebook at some point as well uh, London Indic Gizia says I know fans are getting very excited about Carl Robinson's CFC revolution but temper the praise a bit three games only one goal scored mm. what do you mean? I mean, we, we've seen a difference in performance I'll say the first half against MK at home we were pretty poor, to be honest. Um, second half, we we had a few chances. Up at Bradford, I thought we were excellent. I mean, both going forward and defensively. And the MK with a much changed side, you know, there's the you know, we we know we've, we've what we've drawn two. We effectively we've drawn three games mm. under him, uh, going on to losing extra time in one of them. You know, no no one's jumping the horse yet, but we're saying that there's been a positive influence since he's come in. Um, I guess the, the real questions will be asked once January's over, and and I mean, obviously we've got to win some games before then anyway, but. You know, hopefully no one's getting carried away but also mm. it's way too early to be going on we've only scored one goal definitely I think some managers obviously you look at someone like Harry Redknapp or Tim Sherwood they come in and they're going to give an immediate lift but with someone like Carl Robinson he talks a lot about his kind of philosophy and his style and being here for the long term and he's one of those managers where the one thing I think he needs is a bit of time and you would think he's not going to get it here but mm. but if he can I think it will be okay and if he hadn't spent about 25 minutes answering the first two questions on Tuesday night what I would have asked was more about his style and how close we're getting to that because he talked a lot about that at the start and it, it is going to take time two of his three games have come against MK Dons so they're 
you know, almost slightly different games when you think he's been there for six years. The other game was against a team that were unbeaten at home and from people who went up there suggest we could have won that game. So mm. it is very early days. He wants, he's wants he got changes he wants to make. He's made it clear that he wants to do some business in January. So I don't think we can really start judging him till February. But I said about Russell, you couldn't start judging him till November and he was gone before we had a chance to. So <laughs> it's all about how the club treat him. If they do give him time and just say, look, just... Just go and do your business and let's see. I think he'll he'll be a good enough manager for us. Well, we live in hope that the club will treat him well, but perhaps not expectation. Right, let's listen now to Carl Robinson. He came out to speak to uh, Jamie Hill and myself. Uh, uh, Jamie Hill from BBC Radio London and myself on uh, Tuesday evening after the uh, the Cup defeat. And this is what he had to make of uh, the second round Cup defeat at MK Dons. Carl, in the end, it ended up a 3-1 defeat, but you must have, oh, you should have won that game in normal time. We were outstanding. For 90 minutes, we were by far the best team. In extra time, our kids become... The partner of the Red Sea, but that's age. There's Premier League teams here today, and our biggest thing now, uh, Molo has just been probably at the pinnacle of, of his performances today. At the pinnacle. Um, <laughs> dreading tomorrow morning coming. I'll tell you, Ezri Conta is going to play at the highest level. And Joe, I was so happy with his mistake. I turned to my staff and I said, this kid now crumbles and we know his mentality or he steps forward and we take this kid to the top. Right? And people look at the results and say, well, how great were they staying for us? Right? But 3-1, we were the better team. We had a one-on-one with Addy. We had a one-on-one in the 91st minute. When we went back to 2-1, we missed probably a sitter again and then they went down and down and scored. If, if I'm talking development and this club being promoted... I've seen why we can do it tonight. So, I'm disappointed, but you've said it, not me. We looked for 90 minutes, a very aggressive, expansive, solid team. And I'm so, so proud of them. For, for, the, for the young players today, that'll live with them forever. And that'll, and we have to make it that our priority to get these kids. What, what was it? When I mean, you look at the team, Foxy, Dylan, Ez... Getting him played in some ways, uh, Addy, uh, Joe, mm-hmm. Brandon. Brandon. So six or seven homegrown players against a team who are tipped to now go on and do things in this league mm-hmm. against their strongest team. Well, you'd said before the game, Carl, this was a real test for them to see what yeah. you might do in January. Is it fair to say that you're <laughs> going to be spending a bit less money in January now? <laughs> Don't be saying that. Don't be saying that. Oh, no one's listening up in the boardroom. No, because we still want to spend and we want to go up. So that's our objective. Um, we're still in transition. I think you're seeing that. We're, we're, but uh, we've played better today than what we did and got a draw at the Valley of the week. So if anyone was there, we were by far better today than we were. Uh, and we should have won. And uh, their keeper, I said to me, that's Finsley Nichols then, I signed him and he, he sort of cost me a little bit because he, he made two great saves in the one-on-ones. What was really noticeable in the first half, you were always encouraging the players. You were really making sure yeah. that they knew that you had their full support. But in the second yeah. half, you were kicking every ball in the technical area. <laughs> I love it. I love this job. I really do. And I love being part of this club. And if I didn't love what I did at this club, I now love this club even more because what I've just seen. I've just seen young South East London boys roll their sleeves up, make mistakes and step up and be counted. That's what it takes to play for Charlton. Yeah, we take the rough and the smooth, but we stand up and be counted. And 
I'm proud of them. I really am. We've got beat, so I'm gutted because we've lost. But we lost, and I know why we lost. Disjointed. The the the, the, the young players just sort of ran out of gas. Um, but don't forget all the players we've had missing today. Josh will come back in. Crofty will be back. Uh, Deck will be back fit next week. Uh, so Freddie will be back. We had we had Addy back today. So it's. Uh, yeah, this this is really uh, over 90 minutes. We were accident. They only got their goal for a mistake. I don't think Dylan made another save. No. And the one worry, I guess, is Lee's injury in the first half. Yeah, again, I've had three games now, and I've lost a player within 15 minutes. So it's uh, our treatment rooms like <laughs> like Euston Station. Um, so it's it's very very busy in there every morning, but we had to cope with it. And we put Fox on because he's been ill, so it's good for him to get some minutes. Uh, I thought Adam Chicken today as a left winger looked outstanding. Um, and Michael, he scored against his former club. Yeah, yeah, a fantastic goal. Come from his right foot. I never coached him that, um, <laughs> but he's really making a st- making a state. We obviously we can. I like that three behind the striker. I just, uh, I've played it a lot and I like it. And I think you've all seen today. That's how we want to play. If I had a criticism. When we got in the final third, we came back too much, mm-hmm. rather than asking questions beyond the line. So, even being critical of us in the 90 minutes was the one error, which I'm happy about because he's learned from. And then the next asset to it, the next facet to it was, was we got in there, how we came back out. Mm-hmm. And they're little things that I'm, I'm looking forward to working on. Just the final one from me, Carl. As you've said already, some of these players have massive futures, <sighs> you know, are now at Shelton. How do you make sure that you know. get them regular first know. team football? Play them. And they'll be playing more often now, presumably. Well, I can trust them, can't I? I can trust them today. Listen, Joe's very young. It's his first ever start. So he's not played at this intensity before. But he's played against Darren Potter. He's played for Liverpool first team. Played for Southampton. Played for Wolverhampton. Played for Sheffield Wednesday. So he's come up against one of the most experienced midfield players in the league. Second, and then he had the likes of uh, Dean Bowley playing as a 10 and Ben Reeve. So he's playing against some of the best players in this league in some ways. Who, who, who have had a promotion out of this league. So... I'm really I'm I'm sick because my stomach's like, oh, but my head and my heart is like bubbling because I want to start coaching. I want to get them back out and coaching. And I want to make them fitter and better and stronger and faster. And the fans stick with these kids because these kids could be a real driving force. Listen, we can't play them every week. We can't play them on Saturday, especially after this. I think some of them need new legs. But we we uh, we have to be in this. We're in a transition. But whilst we're in this transition, we've got to be aggressive with it because we can't go through a transition and lose a lot of games. I want to be in a transition and win. And again, we've come away. We had the best chance on Saturday, by far, at, at Bradford. And today, we should have been game over. And Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the second, the, 90, the, the extra time, I'm disappointed with our, with our fatigue levels and our lack of game understanding, but that'll come. Hard guy tonight, Carl. Thank you well, so much. Mate. Thank you. Carl, we talked about the younger players already. An, an older player who uh, hasn't featured too much at the start of the season, George Teixeira, has come in a bit now with yeah. the injury to Jason. Does it yeah. look like he's going to get a run in the team now? Well, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was excellent. I thought I thought another one as well, Johnny Jackson, was brilliant in there today. That little six position, a pivot and, and getting us playing, I thought he really marshaled them young players. Maybe when he come off, but then when Ez went into there, he was like a Rolls Royce. And, uh, I tell you, I've, uh, I've seen something today that I'm really, really impressed with. Tech needs to come through this little fatigue, you go for a fatigue dip. But again, he, he's been magnificent. That's, what, that's why he comes to a big club, because you've got players who get injured, you can bring them in. I don't know how many more injuries it can take, but... Yeah. Uh, did you get an update on Jason today? He sent out a tweet and said it didn't look like good news. Have you heard what the, the full update is yet? I do know it, yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm going to say, can I? Uh, I? I don't expect him to see him back for a long time. It was uh, it wasn't good news, but I think we'll make an official statement. Uh, sick and I spoke to him yesterday. Um, I was gutted for the kid because he's a, he's a he's a warrior. But we wish we I wish to go with him. Hopefully we could have done it for him tonight, but it wasn't to be. Finally, as you say, young players getting their chance to play in this competition. Sometimes they'll make mistakes, but it's how they bounce back from it that's important. Uh, it's all good experience. It certainly is. I'm certainly proud of them all. Um, like I say, uh, there's certain. Uh, I'm probably happier today than what I was when we drew against them at the Valley. And uh, I think that just shows you how far we've come in a very short, in two weeks. I'm sure you can see a difference. So it's uh, onwards and upwards, roll our sleeves up. The most pleased man in the whole building today would have been Grant McCann, who was sat behind me smirking when it went to extra time. <laughs> yeah. uh, big game on Saturday as well, with the Fosh. When you play at the Valley, it's always a big game. Charlton From the home of time. time. This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Joel Live here on Maritime Radio. That's a new idea I'm going to use, Tom. You enjoy? Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, so there we heard Carl Robinson after the FA Cup uh, defeat at uh, MK Dons. Uh, mentioned there the injury to Jason Pierce. The club of uh, power, that statement that you mentioned today. Uh, it's looking like three months. Uh, it sounds like he's groin something in there, like a tendon mm. has become detached from the bone. Now, I can't imagine what that actually looks like. Is it... It's like his thing's falling off. Uh, it's not what you want, is no, it? <laughs> but it, um, it's, it's, it, it, it sounds bad, really. Um, how much do you think we're going to miss him? I mean, if, one thing you can say is that is, that is a position we're, we're quite blessed in terms of mm. strength in depth. I know there was a story a couple of weeks ago that the club were probably going to look to offload uh, Harry Lennon. The story's been going all summer that we're trying to offload to Sheriff. But now do you think what, at least one of those decisions might be put on hold? I would guess so. And I think to has found a bit of new life under uh, Robinson as well. I think... Teixeira, Bauer and Konza, certainly those three are, are far capable enough of, of stepping into Pierce's shoes, but Pierce and Bauer has been such a decent combination that it's obviously gutting to lose him and obviously we wish him the best recovery he can. Um, Lennon as a fourth, you know, I think 
he's he's still young and he's he's just a bit temperamental you know he makes those those lunges sometimes that seen a couple of red cards already in his career but yeah I would be surprised if certainly if Teixeira goes in January unless we obviously bring somebody else in we still got Roger Johnson as well which hasn't mm. been mentioned I mean Carl's already said he was going to wipe the slate wherever, wherever yeah. the slate needed wiping for Teixeira was going to do that so you wonder if he will do that for Johnson he gave him game time on Tuesday so. yeah and he's um as I said he's uh he's an experienced player and when he came in the first time he did a very good job for us so from a purely footballing point of view you can see why managers might want to use him um, it just depends as I say you know with the reaction he gets at the crowd every time I don't necessarily know if it affects him but that's not something Robinson's going to want hanging over him either but I think we've still got as you say we have been blessed and we've still got a lot of, of adequate centre-backs there it's just obviously still gutting to lose one of your best yeah I mean I, I, I imagine that's a really difficult situation for Jason Pierce himself I think um, I thought I thought he's, he's maybe a slightly shaky start when mm. he gave away the penalty yeah, against yeah. Uh, Berry on the first day I think I, I got feeling a couple of times I felt he gave away the ball when he shouldn't have been early on in the season but since then I thought he's been excellent I remember watching him what, what game was it recently where it must have been the Sheffield United game I think where perhaps I remember looking at him thinking he's winning everything he's doing really well I think another thing at the start of the season is because Fox is so attacking as a left back a few times I noticed that Pierce was covering that left back spot and so the gap between him and whoever his centre back partner was was getting quite big and that's where a few goals were coming I think over the over the last few games he's learned to cope or learn how Fox is playing and therefore adapting to that and, and knowing that <clears throat> Fox can track back or whatever it is but him and the centre back and in this case Bauer have obviously got a lot closer and, and as I say formed a really good partnership so it is going to be tough but as you say the likes of Teixeira um, Cons are obviously fantastic youngster although whether he goes in January remains to be seen and the likes of Johnson and Lennon are there if we need them as well so we've got plenty yeah. plenty of options yeah, Jason told the official club website that as a back five we were feeling as strong as we have done all season but in football these things can happen I'll be staying as positive as I can throughout my re- rehabilitation to try and get back out on the pitch as quickly as possible and in the meantime I'll be giving the lads all the support I can so that's Jason Pierce going to be out for Looking like over three, up to three months, maybe even over, with a, with a groin injury, which is a, a huge disappointment. Now, right, uh, another story that came to light yesterday. Uh, this was on Twitter. Uh, everyone uh, who follows me on Twitter, I also also follow Kyle Andrews on Twitter. Uh, he's a friend of the show as well. He's uh, we've done interviews with him a couple of times. He was the uh, he was the uh, the guy who came up. Well, he, he tweeted us about Jan the cat on Sunday, mm. which started off. If anyone listened to Sunday's show, the whole pet eleven, which <laughs> I've got it in front of me. Yeah, it turned out, is this on the desk? Yeah, oh. great handwriting. So I'm suspicious that this was Nate writing it. Down. Yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely not me. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, so that was a good bit of fun, the pet eleven, and that was because uh, Kyle got Jan the cat. Now Kyle's uh, one of the biggest Charlton fans I know. He goes to every game. Again, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see me playing. Wells, where's Kyle? At an away game where I try and find him in the away, in the, uh, away end and then just take a photo of him and put it on Twitter because, you know, it's fun. Uh, but he, uh, he also suffers from, you know, some, some physical illnesses and some mental illnesses as well. So he's, he's had a bit of a tough time of it and, he, and recently wrote a blog post on his Chris Powell's Flat Cap uh, blog about um, how the, the, the escapism that coming to Charlton is for, for all of us and um, uh, and especially was for, for him as well. How, however, the last, you know, six months to a year or so hasn't, hasn't quite been the same 
uh, the, the same escapism for him and, and how he has struggled with, with bits and pieces and it's a, you know, it's, a, it's an important blog post it's very important if you're in a, a situation where you want to talk when you want to speak you know a blog's the perfect the perfect place to do it and I've read it and you know, it's very moving also I know Kyle so it was, uh, it was good to see him uh, coming out and speaking like that and, and uh, it obviously he gets the support from the Charlton fans as well which we hope can, can help to, to some extent because you know he's a, he's a popular character on, uh, on twitter.com uh, and amongst the Addicts fans uh, but also uh, Charlton fans weren't the only one to, to read it the Charlton skipper read it as well skipper Johnny Jackson and now Kyle's come home yesterday and uh, got a package and he opens it up and it's a, a Charlton shirt the number 4 shirt from Jackson this season's shirt it's got Jackson number 4 on the back so I'm assuming it's a match worn one I actually. assume it's match worn yeah. Yeah. it's got a Sky Bet League 1 logos on the arm as well and then on the front uh, Jacko's written to Kyle Having read your blog about your ongoing struggles, I felt moved to send you something in the hope that it might help in some small way. Please know that your support is always appreciated, and without people like you, our club is nothing. Best wishes, Johnny Jackson. Now that, I mean, the measure of the man, Johnny Jackson, I mean, he's the leader of men. And when you're the captain of a club, I imagine at most clubs you're just the captain of 11 blokes who run around kicking a football. At our club, you're the captain of everyone, and you're the leader. You're you're someone that everyone looks up to, and that and that gesture to a you know a loyal supporter like Kyle is just um, says everything about Johnny Jackson, doesn't it? And 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 says everything about this football club. Yeah, there's um there's so many areas of this story that interest me. I don't know Kyle myself, but I, I recognise him through Twitter, and I've seen him at games. Um, I in the past have, have struggled with mental health issues as well. So reading his blog, I think it's amazing um, that he's you know prepared to come out and write that stuff down and tell everybody about it. Um, but yeah, going back to to the gesture from Jacko, I just every now and again when we talk about him on here and there's a big moment. So back when he you know scored those two goals against Cardiff or the winner against QPR or those two free kicks against the Sheffield clubs. I just find myself running out of words that you can use to describe him and what he means to this football club because words like legend, words like hero, they're banded around quite easily in football. And even when they're not, you know, we would, I think we would describe Kermigan, for example, as a bit of a cult hero or, yeah. or a legend at this club. You know, for me, the likes of Kinsella when I was growing up were my first hero. But the relationship, the relationship I've got as a fan with Johnny Jackson is something completely different. I can't really explain it, but. You know, when I think about the possibility of him retiring in a few years, it, it scares me or it worries yeah. me, and it's that's bizarre for someone that basically just puts on a shirt and goes and plays for your football team every week. And I think that shows just how important he is to our football club and how much he gets it. He, he understands the fans. I remember, I think it was Paul, or it might have been one of the Belgian lot that when they came in said that when new players sign, he kind of tells them about the history of the club and explains it to them and shows them why it's important and. As you say, captains don't need to do that. And I don't know how many captains do do that in this day and age. Certainly, there's a lot of talk about Premier League clubs about how you can't get near your heroes now. But Jacko not only makes himself available, but seeks out stories like this and makes the effort to go the extra mile. And it's just just fantastic. And as I say, just embodies what an amazing captain he is for this club. Mm, yeah, take your hat off to uh, to Johnny Jackson's a, a wonderful gesture. And uh, Carl, I know Kyle appreciated it a lot. I think as Charlton fans, we appreciate the way that, that Jacko deals with us and uh, the, uh, the the fight he shows when he puts on the shirt. And he's always showing. I mean, like it will it will try and drag you through any situation, mm. whether you're struggling with your health or whether you're two 0 down at home to Cardiff. Like That's you how you feel. Yeah, you yeah. just feel you feel comfortable when he's around. Like when he's on the pitch, he might not be as quick as he used to be. He might not have such an influence on the game, but. Still, there's something about when he's out there. I just feel more relaxed. Mm, and when he goes off, I'm like, oh no! Like even if he's not offering anything in the game, it's very, it's very strange. But 
yeah as you say off the pitch as well just a, a real gentleman and yeah. uh, I guess as well from another point of view we, we wish Carl well with all those those problems as well and yeah, hope, yeah, he's, hope yeah. he gets better soon excellent stuff so that's uh, a wonderful gesture by the skipper Johnny Jackson right last night uh, Wednesday evening the addicts made their way down to uh, Margate the under 23s to take on the, the Margate in the uh, quarterfinals of the Kent Senior Cup competition we've uh, won uh, a couple of years ago, got to the final and lost against Dartford last year. Uh, into the semi-finals again because we've uh, a late comeback against Margate. We won by two goals to one. Steve Brown, uh, assistant manager, at, uh, was he a coach or something at Margate? Now I was mm. speaking to him on uh, on Tuesday because he was there covering our game for BBC Radio London. He was saying um, uh, he's, he's saying he's got a tough job on his hands there, but because uh, uh, Margate are down near the bottom of, of their division, but hopefully, uh, hopefully now under the. Uh, with the advice of, of Steve Brown, they'll be able to get out. They've got some money problems as well, but right. uh, hopefully under the advice of Steve Brown, they'll be able to, to get out and, and, and stay up. But, um, you know, we're, we're concentrating on the addicts here. Goals. Mm. So we're 1-0 down after 38 minutes. Uh, Mikhail Kennedy equalised in the 82nd minute and Carlin Ahern Grant scored the win in the, eight, in the uh, 86th minute. So a late turnaround for the addicts. Uh, a competition that we always think it, it must be such good experience for the youngsters because they're playing against men. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think... Um it's one of those competitions, I suppose, if you're that sort of age that you you want to be able to have, and it's a competition historically we've always done very well in. Um, you know, our youth youth academy speaks for itself. It's we've had a history of bringing players through, and as you say, the two goal scorers there, Kennedy and Ahern Grant, have both tasted first team action, if not this season, certainly over the past couple of years. So, yeah, it's a f- fantastic sort of proving ground for them, as you say, to test themselves against men and saves them having to go out on loan to a different club and learn new people. Instead, they can be with that team that they've played with through the youth system, but then come up against more experienced players. And, yeah, fantastic result again, and we, we move on to the semi-finals. Look at that, the, the score of that winning goal, Carlin A. Home Grant. Has, has he featured at all in the first team, maybe once or twice? He, ca- he came off of the checker trade this yeah, year, I remember, so, but, and maybe one I other mean, game. Considering how much he had, has played in, in the first team over the last couple of years, yeah. do you think he might, he might be sitting down there and thinking... Maybe, maybe slightly so I, I still stand by this is because we threw him in way too early gave him way too many games and knocked his confidence and probably his, his fitness as well it doesn't help when you're that young mm. and being forced to play too many games against uh, in your senior games but he's, he's certainly fallen down a pecking order now isn't he he's like behind Brandon Hanlon now as well yeah uh, it's so unfortunate for him because even as I say I think it was again the Crawley game in the Checker Trade Trophy that he came on but I could be wrong but it was a game where I saw him come on this year and he's still got that that touch and that pace and that movement that that could make him a really useful striker at this level but as you say I just wonder if it's his confidence it might be his fitness I'm not sure but but just having to play and being flogged basically last season or season before it's just it basically seems to have not I don't know what it's not but he, he just doesn't seem like the player he could be and it's it's unfortunate because back at youth level you know every week when I see the youth reports he tends to be on the score sheet or involved mm. in goals yeah, so. he always bangs him in at that level and that's why it's weird that he doesn't mm. doesn't quite make that that step up yeah, but, yeah. I, I don't know what it, it what we need to to get him going you'd think someone a manager like Carl Robinson is surely going to brief confidence into you maybe that might kick start him we'll have to see so travel into the uh, final four of the Kent Senior Cup uh, I asked on Twitter if uh, if, if we're going to miss Jason Pearson EJ Garner says if Bauer and Tech stay fit then probably not that much however a young team has just lost a massive leader uh, and then he goes I'm going to ignore Roger Johnson's existence <laughs> uh, so that's uh, EJ Garner right let's look ahead to the Peterborough game Saturday here a big game at the Valley of the Posh I think just inside the playoff 
uh, places, one of the teams we're, we're looking to, to catch up with. Uh, now, Tony Hutt caught up with uh, Carl Robinson earlier today. They're starting to build a blossoming relationship, much like he shared with uh, with uh, big Russell Slade, uh, Tony. And he was talking to uh, Charlton manager Carl Robinson before, the, ahead of uh, Charlton's game with uh, Pete Brown on Saturday. Talking to Charlton manager Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's home game against Peterborough. Carl, you had to contend with a squad decimated by injuries when it came to selecting Tuesday's side for the FA Cup replay with NK Dons. Has the situation eased and have your selections improved ahead of the Peterborough game? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, listen, since before I came, there's obviously injuries starting to, to build up and and obviously they've, they've sort of continued slightly and, and the freak ones Jason's one obviously we've released today how bad that is I think 12 to 15 weeks is going to be the, the time span for the, for the player to be out which is a big disappointment to us uh, Lee Novak's having a scan on his knee today and uh, see where he is obviously Chris Sully uh, is, is still in the recovery mode and Ricky Holmes had a slight setback as well so when you look when you look at these four players the the, the some of our better players if, if if you're being honest, some of the players that you would see in the summer has been quite poignant in the success of the football club. But it is what it is, and uh, I think you're seeing how I want to deal with things. I don't think I did too much moaning. And we got on with our job, we uh, we integrated some of the young players, um, and it was a tremendous learning even for me. Uh, just looking at the stats before, I don't think anybody's gone there to, and done what we did, and people say, you lost, but we lost the extra time, we were the better team. And we keep performing, and if we keep being the better team, and we keep staying on the front foot, win more games than we lose and once our players start coming back to fitness then we will be looking to move forward so it'll be a difficult I always knew what coming in there was no the transparency was always there it's going to be difficult for the first four weeks with the injuries that we had and everything else and trying to change things slightly I think you know the scenes a difference in mentality in the place I think everyone's seen that uh, not because anything was right wrong or indifferent before just because it's a different person and we'll, uh, we, we'll soldier on to the next one who is available to you for the Peterborough game? Who wasn't available to you on Tuesday? And uh, touching on Jason Pierce, he's obviously now a long-term injury. Yeah, he is long-term injury, and, and it's, it's a difficult one for him and, and me as the manager. Um, I need to be for the fans who support him every week. So, uh, but we'll have Freddie back. His hamstrings looks like he's, he ran yesterday. Uh, Crofty's back. Uh, Josh will be back. And hopefully, he's had a. It's now he's fully rested. Uh, Declan Wood could be back so there's one or two bits of positive news in there uh, the, 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 maybe the most positive one would, be, would have been Grant McCann when we went to extra time on Tuesday Six place Peterborough hit five against Chesterfield a week ago and have won four times away from home they're going pretty well at the moment yeah they are they'll uh, I played against them twice yeah they, they lost one and won one uh, one at their place and, and got beat to Stephen K so I know, I know most of them very well. It's, uh, I think Grant's done an unbelievable job. He's gone in, he's really settled the ship down, he's really sort of took them forward. The young, the exciting, the forward thinking, and the fantastic on the break. I think that's what I think they're almost set up for that in some ways. They sort of try and get you onto them, and all of a sudden, when you, when you think you're comfortable in possession of the football, they'll hit you, and, and you'll find it difficult to cope with the demands of their, their speed. So we'll, uh, we've looked over one or two games of theirs. We, we think we've found one or two elements where we know how strong they really are. Um, and we have to make sure we can negate our way around that. Um, but we're at the Valley, so we should be taking the game to them. Uh, but in some ways, I think they could, that's what they want. They want you to be expansive. They want you to be getting on them. Because when you look at the players that they have, 
they can really hit you on the break. They have one of the best young players in the country. And Lopez, I think he's as good as I've seen for, for, for a long, long time. Up until Tuesday night, when I see some of our young players. Um, but he's a, an exceptional talent and I'm sure they'll have an awful lot of bids coming in for him in January. Well, just coming on to a transfer market, a window opens in two and a half weeks. Who are you expecting to be involved? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, heavily, hopefully. Um, we have one or two people that we're looking at already. Um, one or two people who we've spoken to clubs and, and made some sort of headway. And we're nowhere near doing any deal. Um, but we're all working around the clock. Like I say, as a... I've been in four or five games in the last few weeks, that's not even including our own. Just trying to find players who we know can fit the system that we want to play. Um, I think it's important that we have an age element on it. And the, the biggest thing is that the brave, they have energy, a desire and a willingness to want to come play for this club. Um, I don't care how talented you are. If you think you're above your state, if you think you're above us, you're never going to achieve things with us. And... Uh, that's been the big thing for me is finding players who when I phone that they get excited when they hear what club is wanting and I said that for a few people a bit disappointed sometimes at this level when we may when we ask questions of the opposite for some teams that because it's charm the price goes up it's a bit unfair um they're, they're things that I'm learning and things that I've not had to deal with before. I was always bringing the price down. Now people expect they can take it up. But what I did see, like I said, on Tuesday is an awful lot of players at football club who, who have certainly got a tremendous future here. With prices soaring, do you need to be clever, imaginative and creative to fight for the good players at the right price? <laughs> yes. I'm passionate. Um when I sit down with a player if I don't believe in the project and if I don't get excited by a project I can't make them believe in the project and uh, I always said I've always said this was always going to be a real difficult month for us we, we knew that the, the games and everything that was going on it was hard but the players have really coped with the demands of, of illnesses injuries and when you look at the players that I've had to select from over the last few weeks it's been when I sat down and spoke to the owners a lot of the players that I wanted to play have been nowhere near it so but the players who've come in have been excellent. And I, and I, I, but still, if I have a demand, if, if I'm putting demand on myself, is to be successful here. So I have to delve into every transfer market if I think it's going to improve us, not just, not just a squad player, but a player that really drives us forward. Um, and there's one or two players that I have earmarked already, um, and hopefully we can, uh, we can push forward. As, and I'm not, Adverse to bringing in somebody from the continent. I'm actually running some some data at the moment on players who play abroad. Do they have the same intensity? Do they cover the same distance? Do they cover the right amount of high intensity sprints? Do they cover all the facets that I believe it takes to play in this country? Um, so I'm looking all over. I really am. And uh, the recruitment uh, team are working around the clock. Uh, that's 50% of my job at the moment 50% is obviously games but I have to give them all 100% so I've no time left at all in my life but I'm really looking forward to the next two and a half weeks and hopefully we can get ourselves down the line with some deals and make this great football club stronger and more competitive Is there a priority in terms of position defensive midfield up front? Um, I think we need wingers I really do I think it's a it's a part of the game that I love 
um, call, call me old fashioned in some ways, but there's nothing better than a winger flying down, flying down one side and and dominating a fullback. It, it, it creates havoc at this level. We do need to add in midfield, um, but Joe Rebo and Esri showed on 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 Tuesday how good they can be. Um, and I'd like somebody who can play a little bit narrower as well. Uh, so we want to go with a four-two-three-one. I have that flexibility to, to do so. I always like having two left wingers, two right wingers, and two number tens and two strikers. That's always been my thing, especially in my previous club. So it's there's an awful lot of work going on, and uh, I think you can expect the demands that I'm putting on people. <laughs> so we had a uh, Carl. What's his name? Carl Robinson. <laughs> I was going to call him Carl Russell there. That, that would be incorrect. <laughs> uh, speaking to uh, Tony Hare from BBC Radio Kent before Saturday's game with the Posh. Now, our Charlton connection this week is uh, Phil Chappell. Went on to play for Peter after he played for us. We asked for some memories. Uh, Phil, uh, Paul the Cab says, versus Everton, Everton, him and Brett Angel running to contest a ball was like watching newborn giraffes running backwards in slow motion. And then Sir Darcy uh, Sato said that he was like, like Bambi on ice most of the time. So that's two... Uh, lanky animal references from in two tweets there. No, I'm not they, even that. Yeah, no, no, see now, uh, Tom, you have an interesting story about Phil Chapel. Yeah, so he's basically the reason I support Charlton because uh, my granddad was the vicar for his wedding. Um, <laughs> and such a random one, isn't it? Yeah, my granddad's an Ipswich fan. Uh, sorted out tickets for me and my granddad to go to Charlton v Ipswich, and my granddad supported Ipswich, so I supported Charlton. Um, but he then came and did a training session for my uh, football team that I played for as a kid. Um, and kind of, I think my granddad still keeps in touch with him now. Um, so yeah, he's obviously I remember him playing in that game against Ipswich, uh, and remember him being captain here and just being one of those first kind of players that you that you know, I guess. Yeah. Well, there you go. I guess um, if you, you're keeping in touch with your granddad, I guess um, Phil's got to keep himself busy because none of his players were being signed. <laughs> yeah. so he's got to talk yeah. to someone. Isn't he had he? to do something, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Because obviously, like Chief Scout, he was there for a long, long time as Chief mm. Scout, and. I'd say successful, very successful over over the time he was. It's just I think he probably felt slightly undermined in the last yeah, couple of years. Yeah, I um, I last we obviously did that 1905 when we were doing that for a bit. He was yeah. on one of those, and I I last saw him when we played a pre-season friendly away at Berry, which I think was part of the Nicky Pope deal. All right, um, and he was there as well. I had a good chat to him there, and oh, so it's the Berry St Edmunds. Berry St yeah. Edmunds, yeah, and that was back when he was actually scouting. Um, but then it seems over the last few years I don't think his voice was really being heard was it yeah. um, which is a shame because it's one of those stories where it's an ex-player you know like the likes of Jason Yule and, and Powell and plenty of others Peacock uh, who come back and, and have a role at the club and hopefully Jacko in future so yeah. a shame that he had to go Right the posh uh, sitting sixth in the, uh, in, the, in the league in the playoff positions on a yeah, d- decent-ish run of form. Won their last uh, last game at, at the uh, at London Road, five uh, two against Chesterfield. Uh, won at Northampton in their last uh, away game in the league. Uh, beat Bolton, which I think that game was on. Might have been on TV actually. That game. I think it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, so you know, so right up there. I remember we, we've had some good games at Peterborough over the years. Mm. A five one win there, a four one win there last season in the cup with that Ahmed Kashi goal. Uh, looking forward to uh, what I imagine is going to be. I mean. If you go five or six years ago, they were they were always that team that either won five four or lost yeah. four three, weren't they? They were they were always that team that scored a lot of goals. I'm hoping for any, another, especially with now we're turning into mm. one of those teams that's going to play expansive football. I imagine we're going to see some high scoring games coming up. Soon. Yeah, well, not only that, but obviously, as you say, there our record against them seems to always be high scoring as well. I remember being at that five one game; it was a great day and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, knowing that it will probably end up being nil-nil now. But um, yeah, a good side. But as Carl Robinson said, you know, this is the Valley. We've got to dictate the play, which is something we called for a lot under Russell. We've got to show that we're the home side and we can 
we can sort of take the game to them rather than letting them come at us and that's what we need to do from the start yeah uh, Carl kept joking that um, what's his name their manager uh, Grant, McCann? Grant, Grant McCann would be happy that, that the game went into added time for into mm. extra time for us and win so which means we'll have that, that extra half an hour in our legs in, in, a, in a squad that is suffering with, with its injuries and illnesses uh, do, you, do you think that'll play a part for four, four days rest? It will slightly, of course, because they did have to play for a long time. I think also, obviously, next Wednesday night might play a part in some people because they're not going to want to get injured ahead of that. Yes, yeah, um, that one on Sunday. Yeah, so I think both of those might play a slight part. But look, I think the eleven that get picked once they cross that line, they're going to be focused. And you know, we rested a lot of players on on Tuesday night, and uh, it's something I've said in a lot of the games that we've come up against the high, uh, higher teams this season we've got nothing to fear yeah. when we play on our game we can beat anybody and uh, there's no reason we can't again on Saturday yeah, Baz Johnster on the Charlton Live Forum actually said uh, he felt that the referee at MK had a bit of a shocker and that, um, that Lookman and Konza were getting kicked off the park they weren't being protected did, did you notice that do you think that, that, that could play a part as, as we go mm. forward this season especially with Lookman yeah it's an interesting point we said it a lot about Lookman before oh here he comes look oh is he oh, brilliant. here he comes he'll one, be able to do one minute and five seconds before the end of the show brilliant in you come Nate. right you've, you've, we've, got, we've got exactly one minute left Nate. <laughs> let's, have, let's have a prediction eh? giving everyone how are you yes fine I'll rate it be one all <laughs> one all job done <laughs> Uh, so that's Nathan's uh, prediction as he turns up with 58 seconds left. Uh, Tom, how do you think we're going to do on Saturday? I think we'll win um, 3-2. Yeah. I think it will be a, a Big lot of goals. Game, yeah, 3-2. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go for a, a two-all draw between... Uh, where were you, Nath? Come on. I was at work. <laughs> I'm not... Putting your real job ahead of an unpaid voluntary radio show. Well, Who do you think you are? I'm off work for, like, tomorrow, Monday, so I have to get the accounts out today. <laughs> so literally, I was a bit behind. <laughs> and then... Uh, Told you I'd make the last bit. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks that, for having me. That fighting spirit we love to see. Right, that's all we have time for here on Charlton Life this evening. Thank you for Tom for coming in. See you later. Thanks for coming in, Tom. Cheers, Louis. Thanks for coming in uh, briefly, Nathan. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I've been oh, Louis. It's been fa- fantastic. <laughs> I've been Louis. Been every, <laughs> every second of it. Yeah, literally seconds. This has been Charlton Live. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back on Sunday evening. Uh, our last show before Christmas is going to be next Thursday, where unfortunately Tom's not going to be here, but me and Nathan are going to be here, and we have promised we're bringing beers into the studio for our Christmas party. It's going to be the day after Mill, so it's either going to be celebrating or drowning our sorrows. Probably drowning our sorrows because it will be Charlton versus Mill. But anyway, before that, we've got Peterborough at the to look ahead to on Saturday. We'll be back on Sunday evening to review what happens then. Uh, hope you have a good weekend. Hope you enjoy the game. We'll see you then. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.